Crazy. Disruptive. Explicit. We say it like it is. Real world sales and marketing. Real stories from the road. Yeah, it's the real shit. This, this is the Recavic Podcast. This is the Recavic Podcast. It is a new season. Boom. A new decade. Boom. A new couch we're sitting Boom. on. Boom. Yeah, this is... A, n- a new relaxation. New location, new studio. New location. Yeah. Everything's new. Yeah. It's like a new year. Yeah. New everything. We are back. This is going to be way more uh, accurate for all of our... I don't know what we have to... Four million listeners now? Mm, something like that. I know there's a lot of commas in the right. number. Right. Uh, because we've been posting a lot of stuff that, you know, been a little bit dated, a little bit backlogged. Uh, we're, we've had a busy few months. Yeah. That's what now, happens. That's what happens when you're awesome. Right. Uh, Allegedly. That's what I'm thus, told. <laughs> thus, all the new stuff that we have going on. Uh, we have a new location. We're in a, a interim studio. We will be building another studio right next door, Whoa. which will be cool. We'll get the deal with that when it happens but right now we're is that doing the this global headquarters we're building that'll be global yeah okay uh i'm thinking it might be the universal headquarters oh wow the whole universe like multi like yeah okay multi is there galactic could it be the galactic, be galactic headquarters like havoc of the galaxy mm-hmm. guys i like that that'd be yeah uh, so we uh are temporarily working out of my office which uh luckily for us has a, a sectional in it with a uh Foot rest, so we can sit here and relax and have our wine and podcast. It's good stuff. It's, it's very good stuff. So, do you want to talk? If if I'm needed, well, yeah. I don't know if I'm needed to talk here. <laughs> if <you're laughs> you needed. guys got it, yeah, we could do this all night. Honestly, like, it's yeah, not. I mean, we've, if there, we've never been short. Yeah, uh, if there are two talking. people, like if you're my yin, yeah, you're my yang, yeah. And we could just sit and talk about each other, even to each other, yeah. for days. It's kind of a thing of beauty. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we're doing it now. Actually, she stopped so talking too. again. So we have. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, did you say you're Jody? I, I am Jody. You are Jody. Did I? I am Trevor. And uh, I don't know if I did, I don't know if you did either. No, uh, no. Like, you guys were too busy flirting with each other. Mm-hmm. Well, we do that. Mm-hmm. We like to stroke each to. other's ego or microphone. Yeah, yeah, we did that too. So one. And or the other. Hmm. I'm just trying to get comfortable. I'm Trevor. Uh, we have a uh, an amazing guest with us. It's going to be kind of funny because I listened to the last episode because we, we did do an episode with mm-hmm. her before that we did not uh, air. Uh, we did, It got lost. We refound it and found it was it. not topical anymore. I found it today. So we uh, are deciding to re-record it and make it even better. Uh, 2.0. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's kind of cool. So it's kind of funny because if you listen to the last podcast, I actually make reference to Heather because she was listening. She was in the studio audience for that podcast when we did uh, Ashley. Ironically enough, also on a couch. Correct. She was hanging oh. on the couch. Yeah, she's kind of that couch person. I see how you work. You're so smart. She she got a shout out for being on a podcast with us that she actually didn't ever go to air on. So we're kind of doing this in reverse now. So we were pre, it was like a prequel. It was like Star Wars prequel. Episode, I don't know. I don't know what to call it. But anyways, we have Heather Herring with us. Heather is uh, here to discuss with us how, don't judge a book by its cover. Because 
you sometimes don't know what you're uh, what you're dealing with. A swing and a miss. Yeah. And uh, I think the coolest part about her is because, obviously, as anybody that listens to this knows, I come from the construction world. Uh, in the back, my background's in construction. I sell construction products. That's how I met Heather um, four years ago. Now, did you guys hear that uh, harp? I heard a harp. Ring, <laughs> ring. It's amazing. And uh, I four years ago ran into each other at a building show because she, you hear me? She, mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. is a builder. Snap. What? What? No. no. You can't be a builder. You don't look like Wait a, a minute. builder. A builder of what? A builder of houses. Mm-hmm. You don't homes. Look, you I don't say look homes. like a builder. What does a builder look like? Mm. More like Trevor. What does it look like? Probably. Oh, yeah. Overweight. Yeah. Hairy. Yeah. That looks exactly hair. like you. Mm-hmm. I'm just a smaller version. Tool belt. Stuff like that. I have a tool belt. I got one for Christmas. You did? I did. I was so excited. See, mm-hmm. this is what I'm talking about. Don't huh. judge a book by your cover when you buy its cover, your cover, its cover, anybody's cover. Either, yeah, either. Wow. <laughs> Half a glass of wine. Yeah, let's have another talk. drink. Wow. You're this lightweight is, now. Yeah, no kidding. Cover. I'll be on the floor if anyone needs me. <laughs> she has a belt. So we want to talk about uh, kind of your background. So while we, we've done this before, so you get, you had practice, you get to do it again. Uh, please tell us, uh, who you are and how you got doing what you do. Uh, well, my name is Heather and I own Innovative Custom Homes and a few other companies along that same line. Um, but I got started in uh, in building back in 2004 in uh, remodels. So I started by tearing current homes apart to make them more functional and uh, transitioned into new construction shortly after that. How do you, so, but what made you want to be the actual, let's say the boss, which I think is another little funny shout out, like what's your name of your company that owns your company or what's your mother company? The The parent company is Girl Boss Inc. Like that's awesome. Mother company. She's the girl <laughs> boss. Mm-hmm. So what made you want to be the girl boss? So what, what kind of led to that? Or do you think that, I mean, because it wasn't standard, right? There wasn't any other female builders really at the time or that were no and i think actually i'm the only um when you look at there's other females in the industry here you know in the valley but i think i'm the only 100 percent. the company is 100 percent owned and operated by i guess a female owner right and i'm out there in the field so that is something that's rare but um what made me want to do that yeah. Why didn't you just be an interior designer? I, I didn't go to school even to be a builder <laughs> or an interior designer. I have a master's in accounting. So I'm supposed to be sitting in an office being boring. Um, <laughs> ding, ding. <laughs> but No offense to all of our accountant no, listeners. No, I did but that. But you have a boring job. <laughs> but my brother's a CPA. His yeah. job's boring. Yeah, that's true. He's a math nerd. <laughs> no, I just didn't want to do the same thing. Like I went to school, got my degree. I worked in an accounting firm the entire time I was going to school. And as soon as I got finished with school, I realized that's not what I wanted to do. I didn't want to do the same thing day after day after day. Designing homes, building homes, remodeling, it's a challenge. And I love when somebody tells me you can't do something. That is probably one of the biggest keys to mm-hmm. almost any of people's success that you talk to, whether it be in business, sports, anything. It's that 
I'm going to prove you wrong kind of mentality. So, and I think that's something that you probably have an advantage in that because you're getting told that all the time. You know, it's kind of an everyday kind of thing when I've been on job sites with you and witnessed it firsthand when you're standing on a job site and it's her and a bunch of men and you know, the, the concrete truck needs to, to get paid or sign the bill or whatever. And they walk up to every dude on that job site, <laughs> they go over, they'll knock on the porta potty before they walk up to her and hand her the bill to sign because they don't think she's the, the general contractor. So it's, I've witnessed it multiple times. You uh, just let it unfold, don't you? I do. I just let it happen. And the thing is, is awesome. everybody around me lets it happen too. They just let them dig <laughs> yes. the grave. Yes. You know, as it should be. Yeah. And now I just hope for a newbie driving the concrete truck because now they all know. Right. And they pull up on the job site and they come over and talk to me. I'm like, hey, I'm trying to work. Go, go back over and do what you need to do. I'm, I'm working. Busy. Yeah. Back off. And it's another we we talked about this now this another thing to talk about nobody uh sees coming is when they look for the president of the local builder contractor association which has kind of been good old boys club i mean that's a it's a lot of dudes hanging out on a i've been on it i've been i've been part of the bca for a long time you don't see it and now not only is she it's weird that oh she's she's a member uh, oh, she's on the board, or oh, she no, she's the president. So she just took over for 2020. Mm-hmm. She's now the president of the Builder Contractors. Do you have a special hat and- that you wear? No, but I have a special pin. <sighs> I do. Yeah. No, when they first asked me to join the, well, I joined the BCA to be a part of the parade. Right. That was 100% why I joined the BCA. Smart. And then years later, I got asked to be on the board, and I, I, I don't know if it was like me having a chip on my shoulder. Or listening to what other people said, I thought, oh, you need you need the token female <laughs> on the board. Well, yeah, because that's the first thought. So so I just thought I went in there thinking, OK, they think that I'm going to come in here and I'm going to sit in here and be quiet and I'm not going to share my opinion. And oh, my God, they do not know who they asked to be on the board. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and so I go in and I, I make my way on the board and then I get invited to go through the chairs, which is what they call, you know. Uh, moving to senior leadership, and I started at... Do they start with music, and then you guys have a chairs in a circle? No, no? they don't, but we should. <laughs> that would be fun. That would be awesome. Push somebody out. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently the president this year uh, is the winner. Oh, She's but mean. The yeah. thing is, is that nobody would want to sit down. Like, that would be, they would be hoping to not get that chair, I think, <laughs> once they realize it. I just say that... I was I was dumb enough to say yes when they would ask me to be on this committee and chair that committee and do this and do that. And then I just there was nothing else for me to do other than be president. <laughs> There's a guy in the corner going, got her. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's amazing to witness. And I mean, I think that's why my, you know, you're one of the people I've always wanted to have on the podcast from the very beginning. I told Jody that because I've just admired the fact that you literally kind of you know, you, you're swimming upstream in this industry and you don't seem to be bothered on it, you know, by it a bit. And it's just something that you just kind of do. And I think that's kind of what you want to, you know, why I wanted you on here for this podcast is there's so many other things where people literally make the wrong assumption. Uh-huh. They, you know, we've all done it. I mean, every one of us have done it at some point, whether it be, you know, with customers. I mean, coming from a sales background, you look at somebody and you don't think, that's the decision maker. I look at you all you the know? time and wonder how you function. He's not the decision maker. <laughs> no. There's a lot of times. 
I'm surprised you don't have to write it down on your mirror, like breathe in, breathe out. First he pants, has a watch for that. Yeah, first yeah. pants, then I have an shoes. Apple watch now. <laughs> it tells me to do that. It tells him to breathe. I, I know, you, you know. I'm like, wow, how dumb do I have to be? I have a watch that actually goes off and goes, breathe. Breathe. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. So I want to I want to pivot this slightly. So I I think you possess some things that are unique. When somebody tells you you can't, you're like, mm, okay. But as a mentor, how do you recognize hints of what you have and encourage that and grow that in other people? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I guess I'll use my assistant and who's also turned into, she's been my assistant on other parts of my business and she's my business partner in another business. I think she might be a guest, upcoming guest. She should be. She, she could be a good guest for us. Yeah. Um, so Ariel is somebody that when I met her, like she just. Sure. She, you thought of Little Mermaid. Totally does she have a great singing voice? She actually does. <laughs> <laughs> and her, and her, yeah. Her, her Instagram is at the modern mermaid. Oh, yeah. I love go, it. Go check her out. Aww. At the modern mermaid. Yes. Aww. She actually was Ariel for Halloween. Oh, that's yeah. I like her already. Yes, yeah. she's awesome. She she plays into it. She goes with yep. it. She knows it's it, it's a given. That's part of what you recognize. Right. It yeah. is and part of what you yep. grow. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a personality. It's I don't I don't know that it's necessarily something that you can like put your finger on a hundred percent every time mm -hmm. because it changes and it's different based on the relationship that you build with somebody. But I just knew when I met Ariel, she she had that drive and determination to do more. And she seemed like she's she's a very she's an old twenty six year old. Uh, you you actually read part of my mind. Is it harder to find in, in millennials? It is. Mm -hmm. I think I think it's harder to find in in the younger generation. But then you'll run across it and you're like, oh my gosh, you're yeah. it. They're out there. They and are. They're looking. It's... There's people that are looking for something to pour themselves into that they're not feeling like they're getting shafted. That they can take some ownership of and that matters. And execution is a big part of that. We go through this a lot and a lot, you know, we talk about this all the time, but there's a lot of people who would tell you they're motivated and tell you they want to do this stuff. Mm -hmm. And man, I'm a, I'm a hustler and I'm a, I'm an entrepreneur and I've got all these ideas. I got all these ideas, but the thing about Ariel is she's actually doing it. She's mm -hmm. executing it. Right. She shows and I up. Think when I look at somebody and, and I'm in the yeah. process right now of, of kind of, looking at some people and, and looking at bringing somebody else on. And it, it's, I really do want to find a young person. I, Cause I think it's, well, it's smart for me. I mean, I get more right. years out of them. I think that it, and I think that if you find the right one there, you, you have a lot better chance of altering their life and the way they go. But it is difficult to find that person that one isn't just a talker about it because like I said, right. as I, there's a lot of Gary V watchers out there. And I mean, I talk about Gary V all the time. Well, there's millions and millions of people watching Gary V. They and get all the all, right words. They know the buzzwords. They'll yeah. tell you what they want to hear. You know, there's me. They interview jokes. very well. They do. Yeah. They, that's exactly it. And it's, and it comes down to where they're, I got to turn that off. Oh, breathe. Uh, breathe. Yeah. Watch this. Tell me I have to breathe. Hold on. Please pause. <laughs> He's going to do seven of those in the next minute. Oh, my God. I'll have time for breathing. Um, so I, forgot, I don't even know how to turn this off. That's the bad part. I don't even know what to do. Um, yeah, ask her. The phone, the, phone, yeah, the phone's smarter than or the watch is smarter than I am. Um, but, 
you know, everyone knows those buzzwords. They know how to right. do an interview, right? It's that we joke about it. We say that, you know, you're in the interview, you know, well, what are your weaknesses? Well, I guess I just work too hard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I guess I just can't slow down, you know, like. That kind of bullshit is the kind of stuff that you have to be able to get through when you're looking at somebody to do that. Like I'm, I'm like I said, I'm talking to guys right now, <laughs> and I so want to make bad. sure they follow up with me, right? Like it's like, all right, I talked to you about this. Like you know, let's let's you know, make sure that there's follow through with things. Make sure that like when you do jump into something, that it's, um, you know, honesty is the other one too. Like mm -hmm, I, I yeah. think a big part of it is I look for someone who tells me something that I don't want to hear in a way. Like I want to say. Um, I was talking to this this guy that I'm dealing with talking to right now, and I think he's going to be awesome. Like he's got the potential. Like I've been watching him for a little while. I think he's like I think he's mini me. He could do it. Right. Just he, he and he literally. I I told him I said I want to know if you don't want to do something. Like I'm not asking you to just come in here and be like yeah yeah. And I say do you want to do this? Yeah, I would love to do that. Do you want to do this? Yeah, I'd love to do that. You want to put this stick in your eye? Yeah, I'd love to do that. Like I don't need that guy. I'm going to hire He's the only guy. Got one eye. I've got the guy that goes, yeah, that doesn't sound cool. Like, not like, oh, you want me to make phone calls all day? Ooh. Yeah, I'm not really a phone call guy. Like, I'd rather go do this. <laughs> I want that. And I think that's where a lot of um, the, the pleaser mentality can really hurt you. And I think that's where, you know, anyways, that's where I think in some of these trying to find that. It's like, because, again, you look at somebody. You're looking at me like, oh my god, this person could be amazing. And then, so there, you're judging the book by its cover. Mm -hmm. But sometimes the first few pages even are hard to get through because they're telling you what you want to hear. Like yeah. they're telling you, they know how to do this. Nobody's with our technology today. You can watch YouTube videos all day long on how to interview well or how to do this oh, yeah. well. Or, or I mean, company. You know, you go and work for a company. You can do so much research on a company now before you go to interview. You yeah. know, like. You could sound like a fucking expert when you walk in there. And it's we've like, hired people that they come in, and I'm like, they are great. And six months later, you're like, oh, maybe not that great. Yeah. And sometimes it's not a good fit. Sometimes they're just they interviewed really well. Yep. And sometimes it's just like you. You're here's the other thing. You're again the, the judging the book. You see the cover, and you're like, I'm gonna love this book. It's gonna be awesome. And then we and we all push it. We've done that before because the trailer is really, really oh, good. Like, oh the movie God. trailer like the, is good. The, just the photo on the cover mm -hmm. is so, mm -hmm. so well done. You're like, mm -hmm. I am going to love this book. And you, so what happens is in your mind, you're like reading it. You're like, you kind of know it's shitty, but you're kind of like reading the book, going, When's the good part? Oh, it's gonna get better because that cover. This is, is so the good, character building you know? part. Oh, it's so good. And you can't, you know, and then I, I think it's funny because it goes the other way, too, where we've we've all been in situations where we're like, yeah, I really don't want to. I mean, in, in an actual book, I'm going to take our analogy, make it literal. Whoa. A real book that you didn't want to read that someone forced you to read, whether it be, I mean, I've had sales managers hand you a book and say, you got to go read this or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is. And you you literally read the book and you're like, oh. That actually was pretty good. Yeah. I wouldn't have actually picked that book up, but it actually turned out to be a pretty good book. So people are the same way. I think they're the threshold for people giving enough time has shrunk. In the last decade, you just don't get as much time to if you're if you bullshit your way in, right? Right. And you've got some you got some chops, you just haven't figured it out yet. I don't think that there's as much time to learn something when you've done a nice interview job into getting into it, even if you've got good potential, I think that 
that stuff vets out really fast, faster than it used to. Absolutely. Well, the f- pace of everything is so much yeah. faster. Like, I mean, we talk about it in, in the construction industry. You can't fucking fake your way into an interview with a framer. Like, you, you can't go to a framing company yeah. and they're like, so uh, do you know how to frame? You're like, I'm the fastest goddamn framer you've ever seen. I, I know how to frame. I frame shit all the time. I'm, frame left and right. I'm so right-handed. good. Well, what's your downfalls? I guess I frame too fast sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just. Sometimes I, I melt nails, uh, I mean, screws. Some, sometimes I just make walls too square. <laughs> you know, they're just, sometimes I'm just too accurate. Like, literally, that guy's going to be on a job site tomorrow morning. And if he doesn't know how to do his job and you, you holler at him, tell him to frame up this wall and he's standing there going mm, he doesn't hmm. know how to run a tape measure and yeah he's... <laughs> he yeah like you know he's hitting the hitting the nail with the wrong side of the hammer you know like Pro- problematic <laughs> you know like literally you know it those things happen and work themselves out in that world very quickly but i think that another thing that you do and i i think totally agree with you and i'm a total supporter of it i think that in today's world it is a higher, fast, fire, faster mm-hmm. mentality, and I think it's a genius because here's the deal. You have so much more information about that person when you fire him than you do when you hired him. Oh, yeah. Period. Period. You know way more like because now you know all this stuff about him. You're making a more educated decision to fire somebody than you ever have to make them to hire somebody. Oh, Absolutely. So there is a world like that. And I think it's a, a situation, too. I think it kind of goes both ways. I I don't think you should ever, in today's world, you know, where it used to be our parents, like, I don't like this job. I'm going to stick it out. There's a lot of people now. Like, I mean, it's not a big deal to have that place where you worked at for six months on your resume. Like, people aren't as worried about the quote-unquote hmm. resume anymore or saying, because they're, one, they're going to explain it because you're going to have an opportunity to explain that. Right. You're going to say, oh, yeah, it just didn't work out. We didn't get along or I didn't. You know, it wasn't a good fit. Work. It wasn't a good fit. I mean, That's that, respected more yeah. than it ever used to be. What, where what, before what your parents it, were like, yeah. you just sit there and you stick that out and in 40 years you'll get to retire. Well, but that that whole cultural, there's been a shift. It's not just in the job market. Relationally, yeah. just yeah. in general. That's very true. The, the tolerance for jackasses has gone way down. You just you need to be a kinder, better person nowadays. And if you're not, that shit finds you out. And you lose jobs from being a dick. Yeah. And you lose relationships and friendships. Relationships. And it, dude, at the end of the day, business is about relationships. It's about doing your shit right, but it is about relationships. I think that, well, we touched on it earlier. We had a bad experience. I had a bad experience with a company <laughs> called Love Sack. Don't this would ever, take, this would take ever four hours to tell the story. buy anything oh from Love Sack. Don't buy it from Love Sack. Time. This oh, is a whole what? episode in and of itself. We, I'm not going to get into it. All I'm saying is that you I touched on something. I want to narrate it as Robert Stack. Dude, we could Trevor Brown ordered a couch. It was months later. That the FedEx guy had to reload 26 boxes back into the truck. Dang it. Love sack. That's all I'm going to say. Balls. <laughs> I, but you brought up a point. You're like, this is a point where I, I made, you know, I basically stated 
and I may or may not still do this, that I'm like, I would literally take my spare time to go and troll this company to make sure that people don't have to have the experience I had. And it's not because I'm just trying to be a dick. It's because I honestly don't want people to go through the experience I did because I think people need to know. It's that a wasn't available thing. before, right? That yeah, yeah. wasn't that how long would it have taken? Let's let's put this in context. In the nineteen fifties. I'm writing a letter. If a yeah, if a fucking I posted couch something company at the local screwed diner. somebody over and did a horrible job, how would that word get out? Well here so here's the difference. It used to be it was all local. Now that shifted, the geography expanded, right? So it's much harder to have bad press if you're covering the Western United States rather than covering a smaller demographic or smaller area geographically, right? Right. So now you've got it's nationwide, but now the pendulum swung back the other way. Now my bad review of your shitty service is also nationwide. And it doesn't take very many bad reviews on Instagram or on Twitter or on Facebook. I mean, just three social media platforms where you can seriously damage somebody's reputation as in terms of a, of a business, whether or not it's true is a, that's a whole nother discussion. But here's the thing with you. You're not that guy that trolls cause you're a dick. You're the guy that trolls because, Hey, I had a bad experience where I gave the benefit of the doubt 15 different times. I had multiple conversations. It was really, really, really bad. It has to, to, to break through to the threshold that you become the guy that says, hey, listen, these guys suck. I would be more than happy to tell you why. Right. Here, here's It's not just because I don't like them. actual story, right? right? Like, I mean, you can get your story out to that many people that fast. I can literally write my story on, a, you know, a blog or whatever and hit send. And it could be out to millions, you know, thousands and thousands and, and tens of thousands of people. Where before I'd write a letter to a, like, what the newspaper. I mean, it really wasn't like you can't do anything, right? Like, so now it's like it's an ability where you have to realize in this world, like people are going to see you for what is actually going on somewhere down the line. You can have great ads, you can run promos all you want on Facebook that says order now and have your couch by Christmas. But when you don't get the couch to these people by Christmas, they all write reviews talking about how they didn't get their couch by you Christmas. You just set your up you set yourself up for negative feedback. Even right. if your couch is the most comfortable couch in the world, it's overshadowed by the negative press. And it changes again, changes the cover of the book. Yeah, you're changing your own because it looked of your like book. a really, really cool book. Yeah, and the like book super excited about it. It used to be the book cover was the book cover, and it never changed. Right, you couldn't change it. It take years, you know, millennium, millenniums. Was it millenniums? Millennia, millenniums. Yeah, uh, you couldn't change a book cover now. Now you can through social media. That book cover is constantly changing because you oh, can yeah. read Google review, you can read you know Yelp, you can read all these different things. Right. I don't know. Amazon is a great example of like, look at one of the top filters used on Amazon is the freaking star filter. No, just show me all the four star and above. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm not even going to look at the shit. That's three, three, two and one star. Yeah. Why would I? So like I literally go over and I hit the prime button because I want everything fast. Yep. And then I hit the freaking four star button because I don't want anything that's less than four stars. Mm -hmm. I don't give a shit what the story is. I don't spend my time looking to read the freaking reviews that why it's a three star. I just look at four stars and up. Now, I think that it's it's definitely something that we see in, in a retail or in a sales situation. I think I deal with it in a uh, 
and we just had some sales meetings out in Toronto where we were talking with our, you know, with all the sales guys. So from all over North America and talking about it. And it's funny how the similar things come up, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we all agreed on that even whether you're the new guy or you're the veteran guy or whatever you are, there's a tendency for us to think when you walk into a sale that whoever the highest ranking person is, is the decision maker. <laughs> okay. So let me tell you something in sales. A lot of times that guy has other jobs to do and he's delegated the decision of buying things <laughs> the, to the gatekeeper, to somebody else. <laughs> or again, this is a true story. My dad and I are having this conversation. We're talking about the, uh, he, he'd gone on a sales call and he'd been calling on the same guy and he showed up and the guy had gone to lunch. Knew the guy knew he was coming. The guy went to lunch. So he shows up and he's like, dang it. And he's talking to the gatekeeper, nice. talking yeah. to the receptionist. He's like, well, that sucks. You know, he knew I was coming. I wanted to show him these new products and stuff. And the lady at the door, she's like, well, you know, he, a lot of that stuff goes through so-and-so at our other sister company down the street. He buys a lot of that stuff. You should be probably go talk to him. Thank you, gatekeeper. <laughs> He was pissed off because he missed this guy that was at may lunch, I, and then he turns around and goes around the corner and goes down. And next thing you know, he signs up a new, you know, kind of this new uh, new account because they were all same company. But the, you know, boom! All of a sudden, you've got this you know guy that now he's dealing with that is all excited to talk to him, not giving him the Heisman like the other guy was. So I want to highlight something really fast. The way that your dad handled that, I think, is there's there's some subtlety there that I think is important. That idea of being intentional about being nice, even when you're like, are you kidding me? What a jerk. As opposed to, oh man, that stinks. He knew I was coming. I got, I had some really cool stuff to show him where he's constantly positioning things in a positive way. Right. He's building bridges with somebody that built a bridge to something else. That is a good thing. But, but being intentional about constantly putting out good vibes. I mean, as silly as that may sound, but it's it's the intentionality there. You never know who, who may be the next gatekeeper or who may be weird. I was talking with somebody about this today. Serving and being good about <clears throat> talking, talking to everybody with with a, a, a level of respect because you never know. I, I may not absolutely. I may not be dealing with the right guy, but the guy that I was really cool with, who gets a job across the street doing something that just got promoted to their general manager who I had a, who I built the bridge with suddenly that becomes a very advantageous bridge. And it just takes a little tiny bit of intentionality to be nice. Zuri, I did this. I have a great story for this. Oh, great story. Did I say up for this un- unwittingly? I should, I should say we have a great story for this, but what? I have to get approval uh, first from the president. Uh, El, la, 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 Presidente. la Presidente. Is that correct? La Presidente. I think that's what it is. I don't know. I'd have to get my Google translator out. I had to use it today with the drywall crew. (laughs) (laughs) See. One of my goals is to learn Spanish this year, and I haven't done it yet, but it's only like January 14th, so... I'm years not done. I, I'll know it by you know. You know, give me a little bit more time. Yeah. But. but today she's on a job site with six guys that did not speak English, and she was trying to explain to him how to put how to find the stud in the ICF wall, and yeah. he's like, no, no, he's no not getting it. No, no comprende. So she used but, Google Translate. But anyways, was, the, the story it, I'm going for was at uh, your inauguration. The person that decided to seat themselves at our table. Oh, oh, 
I can, I can tell that. Right? You can, yeah, you can tell that. Right. So here is a uh, when you don't know who you're dealing with, but yet you kind of make um, going to be assumptions. You make assumptions and you you kind of make a, a bit of a fool of yourself. Mm-hmm. So I um, sponsored a table. And, uh, I was a main sponsor for the Christmas party uh, slash inauguration for her, you know, to become the the president of the BCA. So we go to the Christmas party. It's held down at the Grove. Really nice, you know. The, we were at the front table mm-hmm. because that's you know I, VIP. Yeah. Well, and I you know I paid to be the main sponsor on the on for the night you know and and uh, so I had ten of my guests at this table myself and nine others nice uh, which included the incoming presidente. See. So we get to the table and there is a woman sitting at the table with my. Well, no, she wasn't sitting there. I sat down next oh, to right. next that's to right. one of the other people at the table, and she looks. My me, guest. One at of the her table. Gu- one of his guests at the tables, yeah. and she looks at me. She goes, "Oh, well, there's another lady sitting here." And I was, I thought she was joking, and I'm like, "Oh, uh huh, yeah, this is my seat." And so I sat down, like not paying attention that the napkin was out of the cup. And, you know, sitting on the plate. Somebody's been eating my porridge. Like, I totally thought it was a joke because right, I know right. everybody we at the table. reserved the whole table. It's our table. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So I just thought it was a joke. So and then all of a sudden down. this woman walks up and in the very gruff and says, oh, I guess I'll just move my seat over here if you're going to sit in my seat. And she grabs her drink that was there and moves over and sits down at another seat at our table and we're all kind of looking at each other and I go, I'm like, Hey, um, <laughs> excuse me. I go, we've got all these. Well, no, she wouldn't even look at you. She yeah, turned her she back wouldn't make to eye contact with me for what? a long time. So she just turns her back to me and she won't look at me. And I said, excuse me. I'm like, Hey, um, we've actually got people sitting in those seats. And she's like, this is my seat. And I'm like, I go, she says, I've already been told, you know, to move and they, you know, I talked to so-and-so and they told me that this is my table. And I go, okay, well, they're, they're incorrect. I said, so I said, I actually, I reserved this table and I said that we've got people sitting at every seat here um, that are my guests. And she, she looks at, she's like, no, you know, like literally wants to argue with me who I just informed her that I paid for every seat at the table. So therefore I do know who's sitting at the she table. She should have been saying and thank you. I don't know her, right? She gets all sorts of pissed off. I said, come on, let's go talk to the person that she named. I said, yeah. I know that they'll clear this up. Let's go talk to them about it. And so we go over there and we find, you know, find the person and I kind of hand her off. Come to find out she is a an associate member, somebody that basically is a member of the BCA. I'm laughing thinking of, because shortly after this incident that she basically kind of got in Heather's face a little bit about her sitting in her seat, Mm -hmm. Heather then is on the stage being presented as the 2020. Holding holding my hand up, being sworn sworn in in as as the the president president of the BCA that she is an, that she's a member of Mm. and trying to sell product to. Oops. So she's a salesperson selling her product to the BCA and she just, basically offended or you know got she, in the face of the she's president. not selling chairs she, is she? <laughs> she doesn't know 
she you know, she didn't know her audience. She didn't know who she was talking to, right? And you know, Oops. and it was funny because in the, in the end, she came up to us later and and said, "I want to apologize. Congratulations, you know, on your night. This is great. This is your night. I, you know, I apologize." If I bring my I, own you know, chair, can I sit? Can, at I, your can table? I buy you a drink? <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was a quick, uh, very backpedal, backpedal, backpedal. But it was uh. it was a great example, literally, that happened right in front of our eyes, where she came in, and she was going to do her thing yeah. and get her attitude on. And she literally picked the one table in the whole place that the president of the association that she's trying to sell her goods through, mm. she actually told her she was going to sit in her seat. And I'm like, you had the worst luck of any person in the world. Like, one seat you could have picked in this whole place. She's like, put your arm around her and you're like, you I need to tell you something. You literally picked the president's yes. seat to try to sit in. You know, I'm like, this but isn't a good decision for you. In In business, in life, just being a good human being like the golden rule do unto yeah. others oh yeah i mean and it pays she off could have handled it so different like i was so blown away i'm like and i'm in that situation which i'm in that situation a lot i go to a lot of these events someone was like oh yeah we you know we have all these seats reserved I'm like, oh okay that's that's a normal thing right like, yeah okay right cool all right hey well you guys have a good night like i'm not gonna be like i don't just like oh yeah well i'm sitting here you walk off with the chair. Really? That's cool. I'll sit, really? at, I'll sit at a different table. With you know, my, this I mean, is my I, chair. And and I know because I'm in the same situation. I go to like, you know, we're we're getting ready to go down to Vegas for the, the builder show. It's the biggest, you know, it's the biggest show in the world for the building industry. And you go down there. I'm going to go to dinners that mm -hmm. are going to have a lot of upper executives for some of my customers. And I know that they're going to be there. I don't. Dress pretty. Yeah, I will. I'm I know you I got these. I found these. Amazing heels that make my ass look like it's like Apple. It's amazing. Yeah. So it. I. I know when I go to these events, there's a lot of guys I know by name that I don't know what they look like. Mm. I, I deal with that a lot, and it's not. An, I wouldn't call it an anxiety, but it's something that I'm constantly thinking about when I go to these national events because I know. That you, you know, do a little social stocking, Bob brother. Johnson is the regional manager for this company that I there do can't be that with, many Bob Johnsons. Him, just right? Google that. <laughs> I may have made that one up. The more specific name, but literally, I Jim Smith. I do know that I'm in a room with guys that I know who they are by name, and they who know who I am by name that I mm -hmm. don't know them by face, and so you just you got to act. So, but but oh, even right. even that, there's guys that you'll deal with over email that they may not necessarily be a decision maker, but dealing with them in a in a respectful and fun manner. I mean, that's something that I'm always intentional about adding a little humor into something and just being as responsive as I can reasonably be. And it's in my experience over 20 years in doing radio, it's really interesting. You run into people that I, I ran into a guy at a Halloween party that I didn't know him. And he goes, you're Jody, aren't you? And I'm like, oh, yeah. And he's like, yeah, you used to do the radio thing. I used to email you back and forth. And I was like, oh, what's your name? And he said his name. And I was like, oh, yeah, I never met him. Now he's working for like the second different company and he's doing, he's doing super, super well. But again, you never know. Suddenly he becomes the director of marketing for a multi-million dollar company and he's looking for blank. You just never, ever know. But even, I mean, even in correspondence and in email, that stuff counts. Well, I, yeah. It's email. If you haven't seen them, if you do see them, like I deal with it. I mean, and that's the one thing about knowing Heather now and the, it, like different aspect for me, excuse me, 
You all right? Clear my throat. I'm okay. Are you getting choked up? A little bit. I'm a little emotional. Do you need, do you need a hug? He needs a tissue. They're over there on the desk. What's your phone say? Does it say breathe? Breathe. Breathe. Yeah. What's it your watch cry. say? My watch says cry. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think I am better at because like prior to no, I don't think I was. Well, maybe I don't know. Maybe. I have but zero I, doubt in my mind. I, she makes you a better person. Yeah. Zero well, doubt. I, I, I mean, you're kind 100%. of a douchebag just in general. So... She's gonna we, run. We she's were gonna flirting earlier today, and yeah. Then well, I'm just. To this. You said you wanted me to be honest. Oh, I do appreciate your honesty. I love. You're kind of like a saw blade. I like that. Like I a like, like douchebag saw blade. Mm-hmm. Like, but you're like an eighty tooth. Mm. I mean, See, that's not bad. That's pretty no, fine. No, it's you that's get some good fine. cuts. Yeah. I just think that I have done a better job of like when someone walks up, say at the builder show. So I'm gonna mm-hmm. be in the booth working the builder show for a week. I'm gonna see thirty thousand people walk by. And when people come up and a woman walks up to me and she's like, hey, mm-hmm. yeah, let me tell me, tell me about your product. Totally different thought process in my brain now. After yeah. Oh, yeah. Four years of working with her and knowing that this person makes all the decisions yeah. now, even in my life. And uh, <laughs> and I literally say, you know, funny. I uh-huh. literally not true. But I act funny. totally accurate. I oh. absolutely look at things differently when I see a woman walk into the booth where probably five years ago when I was at the builder show and a woman walked in, I'm like, cool. So where's your husband? Do you, you know, know, like it, like literally like I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm going to take it, take a break right now. And when your husband gets here, let me know. Kind of like, not as that douchey guy, but like in, in kind of over exaggerating yeah, yeah. it, but that could have happened. I definitely think about things differently by the, you know, when I'm looking at somebody, when, when a woman walks in, I'm talking to them in full blo- in full mode mm-hmm. until they tell me not to. So until they're like, hey, hey, hey I don't know this. Ease like, up, tiger. Yeah, like I honestly don't know what you're talking about. I don't build. My husband's a builder. Yeah. Or until they give me that, I literally just assume that they are a builder. And I probably would have never done that before. So, I mean, it's, it, you know, you learn like, oh, okay. And sometimes it takes having that direct person that you deal with that's like that's that, that, that makes that you proximity think that's thing. the person, right? It's the proximity thing I talk about all the time. The stuff that you're proximate to shapes your worldview of what you're doing. doesn't matter what you're doing, business-wise, personal-wise. What, <laughs> what you're proximate to will shape that. You're proximate to a badass gal that runs a sweet business and gets it done. Not average, by the way, way above average. But at the same time, it makes your game better because you've had to rub off all those edges of your assumptions and be like, hey, I don't know. I don't know the whole story. I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt and treat everybody like a business owner. My dad is never going to walk in and treat a receptionist the same yeah. way he did prior to 100%. his last sales trip because that receptionist just hooked him up with a deal. So he's never going to do that. You know, in the same same story, he said, you know, he was talking or different story but same conversation he said yeah there was another place i went to where i was talking to these guys and they over one of the guys from the back overheard me talking Mm -hmm. about my product and he walked up to the front and said you know what so-and-so doesn't actually deal with that stuff much you should be talking to me i i buy all of that product and he was just some guy that was off here to the right that was out of, you know, off screen, off stage Happened that to you be, never even noticed. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and I said, and I told him in that conversation, because I've had that direct thing happen to me. Like I've had, <clears throat> I spend a lot of time actually kind of milling through when I'm calling on a new customer, like, okay, does it, because a lot of times the guy that wants to act like he is the main dude, isn't the main dude. 
And so he's posturing, and like pretty soon I'm like, well, do you actually write the PO? Well, no. So what's a PO? It, right? <laughs> like, and and so you the, have he, to that person to it. is called a BSD. Mm-hmm. He thinks he's the big swinging dick. Mm. That's what that's called. You said big dick. Girls I did, shouldn't sorry. say that. I know. Hey, that's assuming. Oh my god. What if it's a chick? It's still the same. BSP. I don't know. Ooh. No. Ooh. I don't know. It's, it's, still, it's still a BSD. It, it, uh, I'm okay. I'm okay. What's your watch say? My watch just said to throw up. No, I think, it, but it's it's so true. Like you, you literally have to. You know, you're you're looking at certain things, but you got to be able to get through it, and you got to do more due diligence you got to do more ask more questions and get better that's it yep get better yep what are the things that you can do to get better you've gotten better by re-identifying your given assumptions in a given situation because of being proximate to somebody that you're like oh huh well that's interesting i i hadn't really thought about that in depth and that changes my whole equation of how i do this and I did it. I go back to, I have a story that I, that was one of the, you know, yeah, but anyway, there's, I'm thinking of other parts of the story, but they, it literally in the, in the basic term, I did a, uh, was selling furniture one winter. I, we do, I do different odd jobs in the winter when building, you know, was slow. And, uh, I went and sold, uh, furniture at this place. And what basically what happened is you'd, you know, you got ups and mm-hmm. like, you know, ding, the door would ding. Rotation. So that was it. We're in rotation. That's your up. Right. And, um, and so you're like, you know, every time you're hoping, you know, like, oh, Mercedes pulls up out front and this guy comes in just, you know, wearing a three piece suit and you're like, ding, there's my up. I'm going to sell a bunch buy of stuff. Right? One yeah. of everything. I want all of it. <laughs> so I'm sitting there and all of a sudden, ding, I look up and these two kids walk in <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. Okay. They're like 15, you know, boy and girl. <laughs> and I'm like. Oh, awesome. I'm like, do I really have to take that? And they're like, yeah, it's your up. I'm like, oh, fuck. So I walk up there. Hey, how you doing? You know, good. All right. Well, you know, is there anything guys? Yeah, we're looking. I always want to look at like bedroom sets and stuff. We don't know if we're going to buy anything, but we're just looking. And I'm like, really? Okay. You don't know if you're buying? You're fucking 15, dude. Like you literally, I mean, I literally, I had to have had the look on my face like, uh-huh. fuck. All right. Well, I'm going to go get some coffee. I'll be in the back if you need me kind of deal, you know? So they're walking through and they're looking at bedroom sets, you know. They no shit stop on this one bedroom set. I still remember it's called the Chateau. The Chateau was the most Chateau. expensive bedroom set we sold. Everyone wanted to sell a Chateau. Mm-hmm. And like, was that your commission for the month if you sold that is one? Is that where that great. tattoo came from? The Chateau, the on, Chateau. Your, on your lower yeah. back? Yeah, yeah. That's what it that. is. Yeah. Might as well be a target. <laughs> they uh literally they 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 land on this and they're talking and i i walk up and they're like hey you're uh your customers <laughs> you're up looking at the chateau good luck buddy <laughs> <laughs> see if they want financing <laughs> you know because everybody in there is like these two 15 year olds are looking at the chateau so i walk over and and uh talking to them and and the gal's like she's like well i really like it he's like well do you want to just get it and She's like, yeah, let's go ahead and get it. And I'm like, oh my God, whatever. So I'm like, all right, I'll play your silly game. So I'm like, would you, uh, do you guys like to look at financing that? And, you know, because we get points for that too. So I get, you know, commission sales guy. I'm looking for that too. So I'm like, yeah, do you guys want to do the financing on that or are you just going to pay cash? <laughs> right. Uh, and they're like, 
And she looks at him and she's like, well, we're going on the cruise next week and it probably would be good to have the cash. So why don't we, yeah, let's, if it's same as cash, what's the point? Let's just go ahead and put it on financing and then we'll pay it off when we get back from the cruise. And I'm like, these fuckers have the most amazing imagination I've ever seen in my life. Like they're literally mm-hmm. delusional at this point. Okay, let's go ahead. I got nothing else to fucking do. Let's put in an application here and you can make up some shit and it's going to come back because they're going to bust you that you're lying. Mm-hmm. So they slide the, stuff across the desk to me and I look at it I'm like whatever if I could put it in like and all of a sudden bling comes back approved ten thousand dollars <laughs> I'm like what in the actual fuck <laughs> turns out they're both like in their late twenties really but they're like super young looking maybe they're vampires skinny little kind of nerdy people mm-hmm. he's a doctor of course, she's a psychiatrist, uh, Mr. Hauser. Literally, no shit. Like literally, and and I became friends with him. I've actually, and this is this is how weird it goes around. So literally, you know, I end up like, oh my god, this is actually true. He ends up saying, yeah, I actually just moved here. We just moved here. Um, we're out in Nampa. I, I'm a uh, general practitioner in Nampa. So if you need a doctor, I'm you know I'm trying to build up my. I was looking for a doctor. I end up going to him as my doctor. He ends up being my family doctor. Building bridges. I'm proud of you. Building, yeah. He, he Not only this, but making legacies and namesakes. Because then what happens is his name was Gavin. Oh. And I always I liked have, his name. I I'd never heard, heard the story. name. Yeah. I'd never heard the name Gavin. So I was telling my ex-wife at the time, said, you know, I'm like, I really like the name Gavin. That's too bad. And she's like, yeah, it'd be weird, though. He's our doctor. It'd be weird to name him, you know. Our, our kid after him he's, mm, a little bit and uh and then all of a sudden he moved away he's like hey green light i'm i'm moving away so green he light moved. you're good he moved we got pregnant with i didn't actually get pregnant you with did gavin. part of the work i did, I'm proud I did of you. half of it and she gets pregnant with gavin we end up naming him gavin after mm. this guy and uh then even crazier he moved back Maybe. to boise at some point in time <laughs> And was my grandpa's doctor. And then somehow, small world, you know, that we all figured out. And they're like, oh, by the way, I have to tell you, I named my kid after you. But anyway, don't judge a book by its cover is what I'm saying. Because I literally, I'm not kidding. This guy looked, I mean, anybody that saw, and even as a doctor, like, people told me all the time after, like, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I know Dr. Gavin. Oh, yeah, he's, I thought he was like. 15 when i saw him i'm like i know right like it wasn't just me but i think he is a vampire i literally i'm like i mean i wrote that deal off does he glitter in the sun i've never seen him in the sun that's my point Mm, i think i'm on something i'm just saying he loves the movie twilight too team gavin Mm -hmm. so anyway that's that's another good example that's a real life example there i made that mistake learn from it. But I mean, that was very early. Obviously I was back before I even had kids. That was something that I always stuck with me. Like I never mm-hmm. really, you know, you never, you never know. And, and I mean, and I kind of think about people, I've got a guy that's a major decision maker for one of my customers. Now he's the grandson of the owner, you know, but he's, and he looks like he's 15, but he's the guy that makes the decisions. And him and I have always hit it off. I've always paid him the same respect because of probably going back but to that, that Gavin situation. I'm like, dude, I get it. And not just because. And here's another thing. I knew by his name that he was uh, the grandson. Related, right? yeah. And there's a lot of people who don't give that guy respect because they're like, oh. Okay, yeah. grandson. Oh, yeah. He just walked into it. He doesn't know shit, you know. He's a smart guy. 
Like he'd gone, done his research, done, went to school, did all of his, whatever he did. And he's, he's a smart dude. And I always paid him that respect. And I think that's why we get along. And he's one of my best, you know, best customers. Well, so. But it's, it's paying people respect regardless of their position. It's just recognizing their humanity, if you want to call it that. And just, just be a nice person and, and being authentic. People can sniff that shit out. If you're, if you're doing it for gain, they'll figure that out. I mean, I, I got the opportunity. I went to a, a function at one of the local restaurants here in town. And was just BSing with this guy sitting next to me. I didn't know who he was. And we were there for this big function. They were doing a grand opening of the this new restaurant because they'd expanded uh, another location. And so I'm BSing with him. And I'm like, well, what do you think I should get? You know, he's like, can I get you a drink? And I'm like, yeah, sure. What do you recommend? And he's like, well, I really like uh, this Kugel's Shandy. And I was like, oh, I've never had a Shandy. And so I was just, again... No idea who this guy is, and I'm just being playful and having fun. And I'm like, well, if it sucks, I blame you. And he thought it was all funny, and, and I was totally giving him a hard time about it. And I'm like, I don't know if you can, if you know good drinks or bad drinks. <laughs> we're, we're becoming best friends because we're all laughing. Well, it turns out he's the owner of the restaurant. And I was just having a great time giving him shit. No idea who he was. <laughs> but, the, but, but again... He recognized the authenticity of just, I'm just, I'm just playing around and, and having a good time. And I don't know he was the owner. And should I, should I necessarily care? You know what I mean? Yeah. You were just being you. you I was didn't just being, care. yeah, that's that authenticity. Yeah. You would have been that way, whether you knew he was the owner or not, where most people, if they knew he was the owner, would probably be kissing his ass. Yeah. Sucking up to him. And <laughs> so. Yeah. That's a lot of, which I was think pretty, that's, a, that's a whole different kind of reverse yeah. situation going yeah. on. But do you, I mean, what do you, I mean, dealing with your subs, think about, talk about dealing with the, the you know, humanity or treating, you know, just treating mm -hmm. people like you should treat people. You know, I mean, that's a huge part of your business and how you keep the loyal subs that you get, the word you need a favor done is that you treat them all good. Like just they, a they, clarification, they, subs is not subjects. President, no. Mm. I know that <laughs> now they get, under the they current get, climate, right. there's some there's some issues. All right, we just we need to clarify that. that. Yeah, subcontractors, <laughs> subcontractors. But I mean, you've kept your subcontractors, and you have great subcontractors, and it's because of the way you treat them. And you, everyone down to the the guys hanging the drywall versus the owner of the company versus you know mm -hmm. the guys crawling under the house to put pipes on versus the owner. You know, I mean, your relationship on the job site is huge, and it's I mean. Whatever it is in the building industry, that's a big part of it is like that that general that is sitting is on the one just that shows up on the job site. <laughs> and then two that is willing to to talk, have those conversations and speak with respect to some of these guys that are the, you know, the 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 brand new electricians or the brand new plumbers or the, you know, the guys. I, mean, I think that's a don't you agree? That's kind of a big part of how you keep your relationships good with their guys. I think it's a huge part. It's there's a lot that goes into it because I've had some of the same subs for years and have stuck with guys that have switched to different companies. And, and I, they got really quiet all of a sudden. Yeah. I think it might've been my fan running Oh, on the computer. Wow. So sorry. That's okay. Um, but it's, it's getting in there and helping them when they need help. 
um, saying, I don't know when like they ask me a question, I'm like, well, I don't know. I know enough about framing to be dangerous, but this is my vision of what I'm wanting to do. So tell me how I do it. Yeah. Can we make it work? Can we make it work? And, and can we make it work? Like not make it work? Not, no, 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 not make it work. It's, you know, how can we make it work? Big but that's, but that's big partnership. Difference. Big difference in the building industry. Oh yeah. You hear a lot of guys like, look, I don't give a fuck how you do it. Do it. Right. Make it happen. We we you know, we talk about architects in the construction industry a lot. Architects are something that are, as I've stated before, I think, on this podcast even, architects are kind of something that's going away because what happens is you have an architect who is basically making an art, you know, a piece of art, which is beautiful. I mean, you can hang it on the wall, their blueprint. Mm -hmm. But as far as trying to actually build it is really hard. Like when you talk to the subs and the guys that are actually on the job, they're like, God, this guy drew this thing this way. And it's going to, I mean, it's so it's hard. It's not going to work to do but it But you way. get a lot of attitude from those architects going, look, just make it happen. And then you deal with somebody, you know, like Heather and like where you're talking about, you know, she started her own drafting company now with Ariel. And they're looking at this drafting company from a standpoint of how's a good, how they're reverse engineering blueprints, which Super I think is an amazing smart. idea, right? They're going from the builder and backing into the blueprint going, you know what? It'd be cheaper if we put this window six inches this way. Yeah, less waste. And less waste, right? Yeah. All these kind of things that are becoming super crucial to that where it's not just a do it. And then you talk to, you know, I've watched Heather on the job site say, you know, to a, they're like, well, it actually would be cheaper if we did it this way or we could do it this way and it would be easier for us or it would save us time or something. She's willing to do that, right? Mm -hmm. That's that partnership, like you said, because you're, okay, okay. Well, you tell me, you know, or even asking, hey, how's the best way for us to do this? Tell me how you would do it. Well, and, and developing a culture that that's okay to have that, that discussion. There's cultures where you just don't question certain dudes because you know they're such a dick and they, they snap at you. And so that conversation, the opportunity to ever even have that conversation never comes up. But when you're, again, I, I'm such a nerd about intentionality. When you're intentional about creating an atmosphere and a culture where you're developing relationships and you want their opinion on it, hey, that's your expertise, man. Mm -hmm. How can we make it the most efficient to get the, the best product possible? Here's the vision of this. How do we make it, how do we make it better? And I guess I don't look at them like they're my subcontractors or they're my employees. Right. They're my partners because without them, I couldn't build the house. Absolutely. I couldn't sell the home. I couldn't I, like, I've got to pay them. I've got to, I've got to do all these things in order to sell the home and make money. So I get a paycheck. Right. Um, so, you know, just, I guess it's, it's just always been an active and open line of communication with them on how we can do it best. But then what that in turn does is that, when I need a favor, like mm -hmm. when I'm doing a remodel on a house and I have a very short window to get stuff done in, I'm able to call and say, hey, is there any way we can get this done? You know, what do I got to do to do this? What do you need? How, where do you need it at? And because they've been with me for so long, because of the relationship that I've built with them over that time, I was able to call in some favors. Right. It's less transactional, yes. more relational, which yeah. is huge. It's a family. That really yeah. is what it is. It's they're they're an extended family. Um, when so I, there's there's elements of this that are your hard wiring. There's elements of this that are learned and developed. When you look at that situation of how you do business, how much of that is I don't know. I just do it that way, and how much of it is you know what. 
I learned from so-and-so 20 years ago, you treat somebody this way and, the, and good things happen. Where does that come from for you personally? Um, well, I grew up, um, my dad owned his own business for years and he always would go above and beyond for people, even like he, he painted cars and, and painted signs and I mean, anything that you could put lettering on and stuff before, you know, there was vinyl and everybody did everything by hand back then. Mm -hmm. He did that. And so he, he would work really hard to get stuff done for people and they wouldn't pay him. But my dad was always just positive. He just kept moving forward. And he was like, no, it'll come back on me down the road. And he's like, you know, when you, when you're older and you have your own business, Make sure that you pay those people that are, you know, make sure you're paying your your people. So when somebody sends an invoice, when somebody, you know, sends in their 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 bills to get paid, I think that's a big part of it. Treating them with respect on the job site is one thing right. if you don't pay your bills. <laughs> Treating them with respect and paying your bills on time to make sure that they can take care of their families and they can do their things, that's, that's a whole other thing. And I, you know, it, it's sad, but that's not something that happens a lot. But well, because but it we does went, make you exceptional. But because we went without as kids, because my dad didn't get paid, mm. it's like that's not something that I ever want to do. You've seen the other end of it. Yeah. But that's that's empathy, right? Uh, yeah, I it, guess it's it's understanding the full picture, mm-hmm. which makes you again. It makes you. It's that proximity thing. It goes back to that. You've seen the effect of not getting paid for the work that has been done. Therefore, it shapes your worldview of how you treat those workers. Because you were on the receiving end of, well, dad didn't get paid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. And and I would also probably say that um, owning your own business is different versus working for somebody else where you don't have as much skin in the game. True. And I, I think it's you know for for Trevor and what you do, there's a little bit of a disconnect with it. I, I think it makes it harder to do that extra work. Because it's more about your reputation rather than it's not your business, right? It's not your giant company. It's your name, which is it's your brand, mm-hmm. which is super important, which is mobile. Mm-hmm. But it but there's there's just differences in that. Yeah, I, guess I deal with it. I mean, that's something that when you're a, you're an independent sales rep and you're repping for other companies, like there's it's it is interesting because you're you're selling on I. I personally sell really hard on my knowledge and my customer service. And I, I had a conversation today on a sales call with a lady and she was asking me the differences between mm. my, my product and my competitor's product. And I literally said like, Hey, you know what? I'll be honest with you. We're all pretty, really similar. Really what it comes down to is, do you like the person you're dealing with? Are you getting good service? Are they knowledgeable? And that's all I can really control. Like, I mean, realistically, as an independent sales rep, I have, I'm in a unique situation. Yeah, I do on my own business, but I am selling a product that I have zero control over the quality of. Right. Really super weird. So I am in the situation where I have to deal, you know, I have to kind of voice my opinion on that, right? But I'm in the situation where I am representing myself with a product that I am vouching for, for, for lack of a better term, I'm vouching for this product saying that's really good. And that's why you should. Well, and that's where your expertise comes in. Right. And the, and the nice thing is, I mean, I do have a lot of expertise in that, in that territory and in the area in that, that business. And so for me, it's, it kind of, I'm able to answer a lot of those questions, but, but, and the nice thing is, is I, I, you know, I mean, there's other products out there, but I really do firmly believe that if you just, represent the best product 
uh, and be genuine about it, you know, whatever product. I mean, I've got multiple product lines and, and I've, I've sold a lot of different products over the years. <clears throat> I can pride myself on saying I've never sold a shitty product ever. Oh, but that's smart positioning on your end. Huge. And, and I mean, it's, so it's one of those things where if I bounce to a different one and I'm, I mean, cause I've had that, right? Like I sold barbecues. Right. Okay. I sold awesome barbecues and I did a really good job at it. And then the next thing you know, I'm not in the barbecue business anymore. They decided to change and go in-house on their sales team and not do outside. You know, so we, things change around, things move. I'm now selling another outdoor product to the same customer base, mm-hmm. but they trust me when I walk in because they're like, oh, yeah, you did a really good job with the barbecues. If you're going to sell coolers now, I'll buy the coolers because I know you only sell good products. And right. the, and that's where my brand comes in. And, it, you know, that changes on how I how I do things that way, but... But it's, I mean, that expertise, I, I worked on a project recently and the, the guy that I hired to do my filming, he came in with some high-end equipment to do the filming and super expensive to get into this type of a rig, but he, he does a, a good job of shooting, but it doesn't take that long and you charge, you know, a thousand dollars for a half day shoot or whatever it happens to be. <clears throat> and he doesn't have that much time into it. And he was kind of having this internal conversation with himself about, you know, I, I went out and I filmed this deal and it took me, you know, <laughs> two hours to do this. I got paid a thousand dollars. And the realization that they're not paying for the time spent doing the filming, they're paying for the 20 years of expertise of knowing <laughs> what the hell you're doing in filming it right. And being efficient with your time. All those years you weren't making any money doing and it. And getting it right. Right. And it was it was it was a cool realization for him. And he and I were chit chatting about it uh, at lunch. And it was it was kind of cool because you you turn around and you got twenty years of expertise under your belt, and people are looking at you saying, "Well, what do you think about it?" Mm-hmm. And again, that's that's your brand. That's your brand of treating people right and building an exceptional product because your your guys are gonna bust their butt. To do a good job. And I guarantee that I know the answer to this question. If it's not good enough, you have permission to go to them respectfully and say, it's not good enough. And you hire the right guys that say, you're right, we'll redo it. Mm. Yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah. You see that all the time. But I think it, it goes, I mean, it kind of goes back to the the book by the cover kind of thing. People look at that guy, okay, like you're to use that example. Mm-hmm. They look at the guy that is, you know, got the the setup and he's filming, right? And they go, I just pay this guy a thousand bucks. He worked for two hours. Holy shit. And you know what their first thought is? I'm gonna just go buy one of those things and I'm gonna get paid a thousand bucks for two hours. And that's not the way it works, bro. No, sir. That doesn't work that way, bro. It's like literally when you're talking with these guys, like they think because they're just looking, they're again looking at the cover, right? They don't know the story. They don't know the backstory. They don't know how many years this guy took to get to there. They don't know. I mean, I go on a job site and they're like, oh, you, you know, Western Territory Manager of this, and you, you know, the, you just fly around and teach these classes or do this or go see these guys or just travel around. You're just doing, you know, Dude, how do you think I got here, man? Like I didn't <laughs> right. they, they didn't just pick me up off the, you know, pumpkin truck and like, hey, we're gonna send you out and sell this product that is a very niche product that not very many people know how to do. You have to get to a point where you literally don't know where that you don't know the story behind that, right? You don't know where that person came from. You don't know how they got to that spot. And it do you, bro. Don't worry about other people. Just do you. So what do you tell the twenty five year old guy? That is impatient for the results. 
What do you tell that guy? Oh my God, that is such a good question right now. Because <laughs> I just, I think about that because I want, I look at these young guys and I'm like, man, I want you to succeed. But you have such high expectations right now. Like they're coming out the gate thinking they got to make 80 to 100 grand a year. <laughs> and it's like, do you understand how far down the line, you know, I was before I got to that point to where it's like, you don't just, but, Anyway, so I, they that is an epidemic right now. Like you mm-hmm. literally have them rolling out. Especially this is where I go on my anti-school thing. You literally have people that think because they have a college degree that they are being they should just be gifted a six-figure income because <laughs> they have a college degree. Newsflash: You are now the my, you're now the majority, not the minority. When you have a degree, right. majority of people have it. It's, you're, you're not really you're you're not that special. And then you come out and you don't have any real world experience. So <laughs> that's you, the you, most important it's, thing. It's huge. Like I mean, you <laughs> literally don't know shit. You are as dumb as the eighteen year old coming out of high school. You just partied for four or five years and, and now, have to and, pay off all your student and now debt pay off the, all this debt like you literally don't know anything more about building this house per se than the kid who's 18 and comes out and starts building the house and i and i i just sit there and i you know pull my hair out but like to answer your question i you know i i try to bring him back to reality and just say look here's the deal like you, you are going to i I think if that kid, there's different, you have to read the kid, right? If that kid's 25 and he really is a go-getter and he's a hustler and he has it. If that's out. Then there's always going to be a place for like pay for mm-hmm. performance kind of stuff. And that's in right. sales. That's in like, I mean, you. it doesn't, here's, here's what I love about sales. Sales doesn't care what your age is. The commission check doesn't care. Okay. If you're, you know, a 21-year-old kid that wants to go out there and learn about a product and go out and be a great salesman, be a good people person, mm-hmm. just be a good people person, you know, good relationship, good, you know, being able to, to have a good emotional, you know, emotional uh, intelligence to be able to read people and, and know when to push and when not to, be, you know, and just learn the art of sales. You can make a hundred thousand dollars your first year because it's commission based. It's like, how many right. things can you sell? You can sell and boom, you could be 80 years old. And be just as good and make a hundred thousand dollars, or you know, or vice versa. You could do the job for forty years. You know, we we got into this in in our entitlement podcast. It's no longer with us, but we. Uh, <laughs> it isn't. It's not. It I forgot died. to tell you that. Oh, it's been removed. That was a good one. It was a great one, but there were a few certain things in the podcast that uh, we. The should've, guest was uncomfortable. We should have edited it out. Yeah, it didn't get edited, and the the person well, was uncomfortable. But we'll have but to we, re, we'll re we'll re we'll redo it because I mean it was a really good podcast, and it talks about the the reverse entitlement of old people versus the entitlement of millennials. Right? That everybody talks about. There's there's old people that think because they've been in the business forty years, they yes. should make a hundred thousand dollars. Yes, it doesn't matter. And I used an analogy in that podcast where if if you're Let's let's put it back to sports like we always do. If you're if you're 23 years old and you can go out on the basketball court and you can put up a triple double every night, you're going to make millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. If you are 40 years old and you're going to go out on the court and you put up triple doubles every night, you're going to make millions of dollars. If you're 70 years old and you can go out on the court and put up triple doubles every night, you're going to make millions of dollars. It doesn't fucking matter. It's all about what you do and the performance, right? We're in a situation where in work. You've got that older group of people, our parents' age group people, that think 
I've been doing this job for 50 years. I should be making more than that kid. No, because you're scoring two points a night and you're only playing eight minutes. You shouldn't make as much as the kid that's scoring a triple-double every night. And you, you, should be, you should be smart enough to recognize it and have a plan of action to rectify it. Right. Maybe if you should you be a coach. If you don't know that that kid is outworking you and out-hustling you. So this is something that I struggle with uh, in my position. There's a lot of young people that just know a shit ton about video editing. I don't know as much about video editing. My expertise is in some other areas. I'm learning it and I'm getting better and better and better at it. It's just a, it, the reality is it just takes time, but it's figuring out what is it that they bring to the table. And again, it, it isn't necessarily about being able to edit a video versus the experience of being around marketing and advertising. Anybody can learn how to edit a video. Anybody can learn how to edit a podcast What's the craftsmanship that you've learned over 20 years that allows you to be very good at it and get the most out of your client or get the message, the story that your client's trying to tell to get that across in an incredible way. But it's a really interesting thing of where I, I remember there was <laughs> a couple of years ago, we were looking for interns. There's this one kid that did his chops on doing video editing were way better than mine. And I was like, damn it. And I had to really take a step back and be like, well, that's not the measurement. I, I need to get better at doing my shit, period. What's my plan of action to get better at it? You got to put the time into it. But at the same time, it's more complicated than that. But it's just recognizing some of that stuff. But if you're not self-aware enough to know that the skill set that you need needs a little bit of blade sharpening. Well, you've got to look, I mean. The clock's ticking. Heather's a good example. Like, think about. Somebody just walking, like, I mean, anyone can, I mean, someone could go and even just coming out of vocational school or, or just working as a framer for a little while can technically build a house, right? Yeah, technically. I hear you in conversations this morning regarding a swing on a door in a certain part of the house, right? Mm -hmm. You're, you're sitting here talking about it with your foreman saying, okay, we can't have a door swinging this way off of this room, right? That's the kind of stuff you can't, the kid coming out of school that knows how to frame that wall and put that door in hasn't lived enough or built enough houses to have an experience where Heather had a house that she built 10 years ago that the door swung that way and the home, the wife came back, you know, I'm making this up because I don't mm -hmm. know the story. But I I'm, have I, this, this, this is my laundry like, room. Literally, literally like this is my laundry she's room. built enough houses now uh. that she knows don't ever put a freaking laundry room door that swings into the garage that's door. That's what mine or whatever, does. Right? Like that, that's what mine right? does, and I oh, you so hate like, it. But you don't think about that when oh. you're just the new guy building a house. You may build 50 houses. I think about it every day. But if you don't have a day, if a person doesn't come to you and go, dude, I uh, you built a house for me 10 years ago, and it's got this one fucking door that I really, you never would have learned that, right? Mm -hmm. That's the difference between experience as a builder mm -hmm. or just being a person that comes out and starts building houses. I think it's experience. It's also being flexible with your, with your build. Um, because it works on the, it works on the drawing. The program <laughs> says that it works. So it over process. It, okay. Yeah. It looks like it works and it will fit there. But if you can't walk into that room and get the door shut without having to straddle the toilet or climb on the washing machine or whatever, my doors it is, hit, they both open in, they both open and they hit. Okay. So if it you, me. I took the door off functionality 
That's, I think because I started in remodels and I started taking things apart that didn't work and making them more mm-hmm. functional, it made me a better new Absolutely. home builder. Absolutely. I really do think that anybody can build a new home. Anybody. It doesn't, you don't have to be that smart. Mm, you know some people that can't. Yes, but I, I think more people can <laughs> build a new home than can remodel and have the vision to see True. what an older home okay, is going to so look like. So you just keyed on it. It is the vision. Anybody can edit video. Anybody can frame a wall. I can yes. YouTube it. I can figure it out. Yeah. Right? It's the vision of understanding that comes through experience that makes the difference. Yeah. That's the game changer. Sometimes your vision, like, it all starts coming together. Um, and this is every house, every parade house for me, every every remodel where I'm doing something a little bit different it starts coming together at the end and I have that oh shit moment of, is this really going to work? Is this going to like <laughs> look like what I had in my head? Right. And then when it's all done, knock on wood, thank God, it it's come out exactly how I envisioned it, better than I envisioned it. Are there things that like I walk through and I look at it and I'm like, oh, I missed that. But you learn from it. You do. You When you stop you learning. You never stop you're, learning. You, yeah, but that's, that's it. I was going to say, you never stop learning. I mean, if you look at some of the keys to, uh, one of the things about this podcast, I mean, the, the framework of it is wreaking havoc in everything that you do. It's getting better. It's learning. It's constantly being, just like your arm says, being part of the solution, mm-hmm. right? You must be self-aware. You've got to know what makes it work as much as what makes it not work and being able to articulate that and have that vision and communicate that vision and execute that vision and then do it again and make it better. Mm -hmm. The keys, I mean, those are the keys to success. If there's anything to pull out of any of our podcasts, it's those little nuggets of, yeah, we, we talk about stuff. We illustrate stuff. We make fun of people. A lot of times ourselves, Trevor's an easy target, but yeah. How do you get better at your craft? How do you influence your sphere to make you better, to make every single person around you better? Because at the end of the day, if you make everybody better, you build a better product, you're more efficient, you make more money, and it just continues to ripple out. The guy that's the 25-year-old kid that's that you're teaching how to do this stuff, 20 years from now, he owns his own company doing the same thing, teaching another 25-year-old how to do it and do it right. And it makes everything better. That's the hope. The end. The well, and the, you know, <laughs> the, it's a one-word answer to what you're asking. You know, the 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 question, whether it be rhetorical or not, the one and the one-word question or the one-word answer to that is listen. Yeah. How do you get better? You listen. Like you literally, I, I can't. And trust me, I'll be the first one. Anyone that knows me, I'm I'm not known for my listening as much as maybe my talking a lot. You talk. But you would be amazed. I honestly do think I listen a lot. I think that's how I sell what I do. I think I listen more. I think I talk a lot. I'm not going to deny yeah, that. Yeah, but you verbally process. But I think I'm yeah, and I think I'm I'm hearing it and I and I think I'm okay. I I'm rarely really butthurt about somebody saying something about what they don't like or how something didn't work for me. I think I pretty much am like, yeah, I'm not good at that. I'm pretty good at being (laughs) self-aware. Like, yeah, that didn't work out. I didn't do a good job on that or whatever. And because every time that happens, I feel like that's better. Right. Like, and I don't know if that comes, you know, I, you know, it's like, I talk with my son about it, you know, and I say, you know, you gotta be coachable. That's, that's like the biggest thing in the whole world. Like that's every one of these, these pros and, and you see these pros and, 
the fact is, is, you know, everybody thinks they're cocky or they're this or they're that, you know, and they say that they're cocky a lot, right? Like you don't get to the level that those guys are at by actually being cocky. I mean, they don't get me wrong. They, they've obviously got some, you know, personality, some issues, you know, some, some, uh, some attitude about them, but here's the deal. You can't get to a, a premier level without being coachable because mm-hmm. at some point somebody told them you got to do this better, do this better, do this better. Right. And they did it. They didn't stumble okay? into it. And, and so, like, when you're getting better at something, if you want to attain that, you know, you've got to do it. I mean, I don't know how many salespeople I run into that I literally that say, dude, I am done going to sales training class. I've heard them all. Like, I know everything about them. I've done it all. I did a sales training class a few weeks ago, and I'm the I'm, I'm 45 years old. I've been doing God, this a long old. time. And I literally, you got a couple months, bud. You're almost there. Almost. You, I literally, you know, in my brain, I, li- I do think to myself, I'm like, really? Can this really have anything of knowledge to me that's really going to help me? Blew my mind. Guy came out, started kind of talking about stuff. It, and I'm like, yeah. It just hit a chord <laughs> with me. I'm like, yeah, he's got some really good shit here he's talking but about. But you're like, looking for it. Yeah. You're intentionally looking for a nugget. And I, I, I preach this all day long. If you're looking for something to bitch about, you'll find it. If you're looking for a great nugget, you will find it. I tell, I tell my kids that all the time. If you don't like something, you tell me something that can improve it. But there's something, what is your nugget that you're going to pull out of that that is a good thing? There's always yep. a nugget. Go find it. Yeah. Because it's not going to be one thing. Like, I mean, you, you can read 10 business books, you know, sales books or business books. There's not going to be one of them that just nails it on the head, right? Hmm. There, you're going to take a piece of each one of them to make up your 100%. You have to. <laughs> and go read it five years from now, you're going to get a different thing. You're going to be like, oh, how did I not see that? This shit changes. What? You can't build the perfect house. Like, literally, like, your houses have changed over the years, right? Every time I build, it's it's never the same floor plan. You don't floor have plan. a perfect house? No. What? No. Oh and God. even when you build the same Failure. floor plan... Yeah. Uh, when you build the same floor plan, you'll go and you'll start putting it on the other person's lot. And you're like, oh, well, last time I built this, I ran into this and this and this. So let's adjust it here. And you're you're improving upon it every single time. So that's the keys. Like we're, you know, to wrap it up. Kind of this is a listen and build upon what you did before. I mean, it's it's going back to the pivot, which we always talk about the pivot. No, always talking about the, the pivot. pivot is such a real deal, guys. I mean, like, literally, you hear something, you're going to pivot into something, you're going to take that knowledge that you did, the way you did that floor plan before, you're going to pivot a little bit because it's on a different lot or because it faces this way or because the people need RV bay or whatever it is, you know. These are the things you're going to just learn and pivot about. You're doing it. I I listen to all the shit. I've, you know, I've known you now for 400 years. Mm, Something like that. And you have pivoted. And you listen just in the marketing and advertising business, right? Like you go from a guy that just, you know, a radio guy to now you're getting into, you know, we've got into doing the podcasting thing. You're doing video editing. You've got TV commercials now versus just having radio commercials. And, I mean, all the things, they're all connected. has not been an easy road. No. And it was one of those things where when you jumped off and jumped into the water, you're like, whoa, that's cold. Yep. That's deep. I didn't know that. And if you that. hadn't, you would have been left behind. But you don't oh, sure. have any. Once you jump in, though, sure. you have no choice but to swim. Yeah, you either. And I, I made a, <laughs> I was talking to a friend of mine about it. And they were like, how are you doing? And I'm like, I'm not doing real good. I'm really struggling. And there was a, there was a moment where 
I realized, look, I either have to, I either got to chicken out and try and get my old job back, which wasn't going to happen, or I need to intentionally go burn the ships and be like, the ships are burnt, dude. Can't you're, go back. You're here now. You better figure it out. Yeah. Which is metaphorically, it was what I, I needed to like do that in like a symbolic way. So I, I didn't do anything. I just, you, I drank. You, I, was just, I had a, oh, I got really. I wondered if you like yeah. lit anything on fire. No, I couldn't find anything. Oh. So hairspray and a lighter right. is yeah. really as weird as it got. Yeah. But I, I just, I think that that's, that is the, the key to it, right? That's how you get better. You listen, you pivot, you, you learn from it. You do things differently. You, you know. And learn from other people, man. I mean, I'm working with a guy right now that he, he's, he's got so much to offer and the cool thing is, I was teasing him about it because he's really good in a program called After Effects. So it's the, any of the really cool video shit that you see, they do it probably in After Effects. And he's great at it. And I'm not. I'm really great at audio. He's not. And he's like, let's do a brain swap. And I'm like, hell yeah. So it's been really cool to be able to collaborate with him on some of the really fun stuff where visually he's got this cool vision and he's like, make that sound awesome. And he gives me this visual thing, and I make it sound awesome. And to see that thing come together is so cool. But again, listen and learn from other people. Be intentional about it. Yep. Well, I think uh, where are we at? Time we've covered. We're way long. We're like a minute twenty-five, hour twenty-five. Uh, oh Jesus! Yeah, we've been going a long yeah, time. God, you guys talk a lot. It's because we get excited. Oh, well, that's the first time we've ever heard that. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a few hey, people that don't we don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah. I'm I'm not judging a book Just by its cover. Just because I have big cover. lungs doesn't mean I talk a lot. I'm judging mm-hmm. a book by the by the it's words and all the, the pages. Evidence. <laughs> by the fact that it looks like a phone book. Yeah. You guys used up all the oxygen in the room. <laughs> We're well, out of wine. That's how I know that you guys talk a lot. Exactly. We uh, I I'm on another podcast as you know. Mm-hmm. We judge that podcast by uh, one of the gals that's on it when she has to pee. Oh. So she has to pee. We know we've been going for an hour. Well, our previous our previous podcast mm-hmm. of this one, we had our first pee break with Ashley. So that was yeah. uh, that was actually She's a, a monumental moment uh, for us, where we actually timed a pee break. She was very yeah. fast, but we she was fast. Our first time we ever had a pee break on our podcast. So yeah. But anyway, well done, so I think uh, I went before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> again planning. Well, She's smart. <laughs> well, she was at that one doing her research. She was she was a witness to the pee break, mm-hmm. so she did she did know that. So, thank you, Heather, for being on the podcast. I like I said, this is uh, for for many reasons. Uh, I respect you, and I just have always thought that the business side of what you do is amazing, and it, it literally does not have anything to do with the cover. Um, everything you do is awesome. So we appreciate you coming on and kind of talking about. What makes you you and coming out, putting up with Jody and I talking for an hour and 25 minutes. I'm done. Probably an hour and 27 right now. Mm-hmm. That's just so. chapter one. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we are done giving precursors to what the next one's going to be, so we're not going to say we that, don't but. know. <laughs> but we will we'll do another one. It's going to be great. Yep, we're going to do another one behind it. Here's, here's what I'm going to say. And guess what? We're the next one, one is going to be better because you get better with every single one you do. Segway, right? Is that a segue or is that a transition? I can't even segue. They're kind of, kind of segue concentric in. circles. You could go either way. Oh. All right. It's kind of a, it's more of a teaser. Mm. Yeah. I like teasers. Yeah, teasers are great. All right. Well, let's go find some more wine. All right. All right. We out.